0: Good morning. Welcome to the Village Church. Um, Our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. If you look at your uh, handout, there's a QR code on the front. If you scan that with your phone, it's a really easy way to Um, Connect with all our social media um, platforms in one spot. So if you're a first-time guest, please check that out. Um, At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. Um, So if you feel led to give to the vision and mission of the church, you can do that online at interthevillage.net and click on Give. Or you can mail a check to this address at 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, 35811. <coughs> uh, additionally, after the service, there's a little wooden box in the back. You can also put um, offerings in there. Um, got a good bit of stuff going on this week. So after service today, we have the Sunday equipping class um, directly after the service. Um We also have the Goodson Village Group is meeting in the church house over here. And the Bricker Village Group is meeting at Anson and Amanda's house. At 6 p.m. tonight, we have leadership training. Um, So if you are interested in uh, a leadership role, um, please come join that. Also this week, the Shipman Men's Group is meeting at Just Love Thursday at 7 a.m., the Goodson Men's Group is meeting at the church house uh, at 5 p.m. Next weekend, we have the Easter egg hunt. Um, I'm not sure if we still need some, but there's a box in the back if you want to donate Easter egg shells. Um, so that starts at 11 on the 1st. And the next Sunday, of course, we have uh, worship. We will have communion again uh, and Sunday equipping classes. Uh, These are today's announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly. Good
1: morning. we have this time of preparation. Receive this word from Psalm 145, 9. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. And that includes each and every one of you in this room, each and every one of us. So I invite you, um, as we prepare or we posture ourselves to allow the Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts and minds for worship right now, meditate on that word as we sing, God is so good. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. to worship. It is from Psalm 34, 1-4. Please join with me where it says people. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Amen? Amen. to go back and get those old songs we hadn't done in a long time yeah
2: for the and gay.
1: that we have to give. That's what you created us to do. And it's not just the singing. We think that the worship is just about the singing. That's just part of it. We are to live lives of worship. Lives that direct others toward you. Lives that glorify you. What an awesome privilege that is, but one that we tend to take for granted. How worthy are you, Lord, to receive honor and power and wisdom and strength. We praise you today, Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for having a plan and thinking enough of us to create us and put us in this place. Thank you for being patient and long-suffering with people who were once your enemies. Father, we praise you for being all-knowing and almighty. That's who you are. And again, we, we thank you, Father, for your spirit who ministers to us who leads us into all truth. We thank you, Father, Son and Spirit. We thank you for this day. We praise you. We thank you for these songs that speak to our to your goodness, that remind us of your sacrifice, Jesus, that remind us of how much you love us. Father, I pray that we would be like Mary after she leaves her visit with her cousin Elizabeth, the word says she treasured these things in her heart. I pray, Lord, for the rest of this, this time we have together, and even when we leave here, and tomorrow morning, that we would treasure the things that happened in this space. We would treasure the word. We treasure the songs. We treasure the fellowship in our heart, in our hearts, and that they would all, those thoughts would remind us of how good and awesome you are. Again, we love you. We praise you. We bless your holy name. In the righteous name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
3: Good morning, everybody. I really, really <laughs> like that song, Worthy as a Lamb. Uh, There's so much truth in there. I mean, you could just meditate on, you know, verse by verse in that song, get so much from it. But that line, you know, the darling of heaven, crucified, um, always speaks to me um, you know, John 17, Jesus talks about how it was with Him prior to entering into our world. You know how He was with God; He was, they were, they were one, and He wants us to be one. Uh, but He did not have to come into this world. He was the darling of heaven, uh, but He voluntarily submitted Himself. And entered into this world um, and was crucified for it. So those two wor- those two phrases there really speak to me. Um, as we enter into this time of confession of sin, I was thinking about also from the book of John uh, how Jesus was preaching in the temple and they brought this woman uh, in front of him who'd been caught in adultery. And uh, you know the whole story, but he he says to the people who are there ready to stone her, you know, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And then it says one by one, they walked away from the oldest to the youngest. And that also speaks to me because the older you get in life, uh, the more you realize uh, (laughs) your sin and also your need for Jesus. Um so with that in mind we're going to come to uh, a, a time of confession of sin. Uh, and it's not something we'd like to dwell on but God actually asks us to repent and to ask for forgiveness of of him. So we're going to have a time of confession of sin. The scripture verse is from Psalm 34:16. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Let's just spend a few moments um, in silent meditation on our sin and asking God for forgiveness. assurance of pardon is the good news from Psalm 34 verse 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their trouble. Amen. Now, if you're able, uh, please stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to be reading from the book of Matthew uh, chapter 10 uh, verses 5 through 15. And now listen for the word of God. These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worthy of his support. In whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it and stay at his house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it is not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Whoever does not receive you, nor heed your words, as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off of your feet. Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. This is the word of God. You can be seated. If you're a guest here, uh, you uh, may not know that at this time of the year during the Easter season, we have uh, what we call resurrection stories, where different people from our church um, tell their story of how Jesus has touched them, has resurrected them in a sense. So today we have Tayo coming up to give her resurrection story. So lend her your ears.
4: Everyone, um, I' little little nervous, but um, I will try my best to get through this. Um, so good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Tayo, um, but my full name is actually Omo Tayo, um, and it's a Nigerian or West African name, which means um, child of joy. Um, so there's your um, language lesson of the day. <laughs> um, so. When I got the message from Pastor Alex to come up here and tell my story, I was a little hesitant. I didn't really know if I had a story to tell. I didn't know what I would talk about, but um, I've been kind of, you know, meditating and thinking about this, so I thought I would share about how my identity has, like, changed and evolved um, since following Christ. Um, I know as a child I was very ambitious, whether it was functions or um, you know sports. I was always wanting to be the best at things. I was always um, wanting to kind of go against like what people might have thought. If someone um, told me I couldn't do something, that's exactly what I would do. Um, so I was kind of um, always that way. But um, it got to a point where um, my metric became of how I succeeded and how I failed. So that's how I kind of saw myself and Um, if I, you know, failed at something, then it was kind of, okay, and like if I failed at something, then that would mean like I'm a bad person. So it kind of went from my work kind of being the factor of how I define myself. um, And this kind of took me down um, a path of uncertainty and kind of also leading to people-pleasing because it was kind of like, if, pe- like, if I wanted people to like me, or if I, you know, wanted to know someone better, like I needed to, kind of, do what they wanted me to do, or like be who they wanted me um, to be. So it was kind of me trying to attain this goal of perfecting or perfection and pleasing everybody around me, um, which was unattainable, and it kind of led me to um, this cycle of like frustration and not feeling that I'm good enough and, and, and all these things. So um, kind of giving giving some context here. I um, grew up going to church and um, I was, you know, grew up in a Christian home and I was preached the gospel. Um, but somehow I didn't put two and two together that my works and my striving weren't going to define me and they, they couldn't. Um, so now to today, the way I see God working in my life is kind of breaking down those um barriers breaking down those thought patterns i've had um kind of grown up with and identifying and kind of showing me what it means to be identified in christ and what that looks like daily um and part of that is kind of humbling me to see that the like self-righteousness like over reliance on uh, my mind and my ability um wasn't getting me anywhere um Recently, I was um, overthinking about something, and I was just having all these negative thoughts. I thought, oh, you know, this situation's going to go bad. And um, I had this thought. Um, I initially, I was caught off guard because I was like, did I say that? Um, so the thought was, you're not as smart as you think you are. So that's what I heard in my mind. And I was kind of like, wait a second. Like, yeah, so it, it kind of caused me to pause and kind of reflect in that, it, it wasn't. It didn't feel like a um, kind of negative thing. It was kind of freeing because if if that was true, then all my chasing after perfection, all my trying to achieve something that wasn't really able that I'm not really able to achieve or grasp, was kind of pointless. So it was kind of freeing to hear that and to kind of shift my mind of I don't know everything, and I'm not defined by my work, not defined by my successes, and find about, to understand more of um, who God defines me to be. Um, so I'm still, you know, struggling with this today, but um, I, as I understand about more who God is and how he invites me on this mission to help people um, in my similar situation, just to find Jesus in that place, um, the focus is more, less on what I can do and more on what the Holy Spirit can do through me. So I'm kind of like learning that Um, and that my works have nothing to do with my identity, which is also uh, very freeing. Um, And yeah, so right now I'm in a place where I'm learning how to love who God made me to be and uh, what it means to be hidden in Christ um, now. And I'll say that I sometimes I don't quite um, have all that, you know, figured out now in my thinking but um, I know that God hasn't left me through all this and and all um, my struggles and uh, I know that he's going to be faithful to uh, finish finish this work that he started in me so um, that's my story
2: Up, rise up. Let the redeemed of the Lord.
5: The Lord say so. Thank you all for that. It was wonderful. We're going to now have a time of prayer supplication. This is a time where we can bring to the Father our needs. Also, a time where we can intercede on behalf of those in our life. So let the redeem go to the Lord now in a prayer supplication. Because of who you are, Father, we can come. It's because of who you are that makes Christian prayer powerful and effective. Our righteousness doesn't. Our intellect doesn't. Our emotions doesn't. It's because of who you are. It is because you are real. real. It is because you are Yahweh Elohim, a covenant-keeping God. It is because you are the only true God in all the universe. And you hear the prayers of all your people at the same time. You do not get distracted. You even recognize our own unique voices as we intercede and come to you. And so we come to you and bring all of our needs before you. Our financial needs, our relational needs, our mental needs, our, you know, every need that we have. I pray for those in our church who, will, who are dealing with medical issues, that you will give encouragement. That you will minister to their minds. Protect them from despair. Give them the energy and the strength to do what they need to do, to follow the doctor's advice, to make lifestyle changes. I pray for those in our congregation who are just burned completely out because of life, because of family. Just They just don't feel like they ever get a chance to, to breathe, to exhale. I pray that today that they will find time to Sabbath and to actually rest and maybe just go home and take a nap. But I pray for those who, who are working jobs they hate, but they can't leave because they got bills. I pray you will help change the way they view that job, that you will have to do that, Holy Spirit. I pray for our church that as we begin leadership training today, that you will raise up the the new leaders of this church. We have no idea what's going to happen through this training, but we're trusting you, Holy Spirit, that, that those who are coming and those who will be a part of it, that you will make clear what needs to take place when the leadership class is over. I pray for also for us that you help us to keep short accounts with one another. That we are truly broken people coming together and as broken people we do sin against one another. We offend one another. And I pray that you will help us to come to one another and make things right when those things happen. And Father, I pray for the leadership of our church that you will help us to lead into, in humility Being aware of our blind spots to help us to own when we mess up and not to try to hide it. Father, I pray for those who were impacted by the storms this week, that you'll provide for them. I pray for our neighbor who, as a tree, has fallen on his house. Lord, I pray that you will provide for our neighbor. So, Lord, as I said, we, we're we not coming to a God who, who is made out of the image of us. We're not coming to a God who is made in the image of wood. We are coming before the one true God. And I pray that we will come expecting you to hear our prayers and expecting you to give an answer, even if the answer is no. So I bring all these before you, Lord, the prayers that are spoken and the ones that are unspoken. And ask that the Holy Spirit would minister to us all. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, it's great to be back with you all. I hope you all had a great time with Pastor Nash last week. So uh, thank you for the time away. My family and I had a great staycation. Uh, but it is good to be back here uh, with you all here at TVC. Jesus didn't die to establish an institution. He died and rose from the grave to bring salvation to his bride, the church. Since that is true, the church must spend its energy in continuing the mission that he begun and commissioned us to. Fulfill, says one pastor. The pastor is correct. The church continues Jesus' mission to the world. And only the church is commissioned by Jesus to fulfill this mission. But do we believe it? And do we live it? Open your Bible or your Bible app to Matthew chapter 10. We are going to continue our Resurrection Advocates Sermon Series. The text is Matthew 10 verses 5 through 15. I didn't finish with all those verses, so we're only going to probably be looking at one verse. Matthew chapter 10 verses 5 through 15, and the sermon title is "Sent Out by Jesus." Sent out by Jesus. The big idea, idea is resurrection advocates are sent out by Jesus to continue his mission to the world. Resurrection advocates are sent out to be on mission. Please pray with and for me. Holy Spirit, as I pray each week and as I will continue to pray, as long as you've called me to be pastor here, is that we need your spirit to move. We're preaching has no power apart from the spirit. Worship, the elements, the liturgy, those things have no power in and of themselves. It's the spirit that has to move, Lord. He's the one that that draws us into worship. He's the one who draws us into a place where we can actually worship in spirit and, and in truth. So Holy Spirit, we are utterly dependent Upon you. Because if you do not move, if you do not convict, if you do not transform, then, then then everything that we do on Sunday mornings, it just goes in one ear out the other and it falls on dead hearts. I don't care how smart we are, how many degrees we are, how humble we are. If you don't move, nothing happens for the kingdom. Nothing. I know sometimes... Living in America, we don't always believe that because of all of our affluence and all of our resources. But Holy Spirit, forgive us of our pride. Forgive us of the ways in which we take you for granted. Forgive us of the ways in which we just come in here and we just check a box. Forgive us for thinking that we can do this in our own strength, in our own giftedness, and our own connections. Forgive us for thinking that we make worship happen. Just because of the way we do things. Forgive us for not acknowledging you as the third person within the Godhead. For not acknowledging you as the the advocate. For not acknowledging you as the one who convicts the world of sin. For not acknowledging you as the one who leads us into all truth and who helps us understand the word. That is you. Independently of us, that is you. And forgive us for not relying upon you when it comes to navigating this life. So today, Holy Spirit, we, I pray that you will calm our hearts, our anxieties, our fears. That you will open up our hearts and open up our minds. And that you, because of who you are, because of your role in our life, That you would take what is preached and apply it to our hearts, apply it to our minds, and apply it to the places where we actually do life Monday through Sunday. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Who are resurrection advocates? I know that's the name of the sermon series, but who are they? Resurrection advocates believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth. They believe in Jesus Christ as his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. They believe uh, Jesus suffered on the Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he descended into hell. They believe on the third day he, he rose again from the grave that he descended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And they believe from there he will come again to judge the living and the dead. That's all amen stuff now. They also believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Resurrection advocates have saving faith in Jesus Christ. And saving faith, and faith is a saving grace whereby they receive and rest upon Christ alone for salvation as he is offered to them in the gospel. This means to know Jesus through faith, to glorify Jesus, to enjoy Jesus through a personal relationship, and to glorify Jesus through a godly lifestyle. To know, to enjoy, to glorify. And this is true for all of us who have saving faith in him. And if you don't have saving faith in Jesus, then he invites you to submit and to surrender to him today, to come to him. And as resurrection advocates, Jesus commissions us to walk in his missional footprints. He does. Another amen statement. And then he sends us out to do just that, both corporately and individually. So, TBC Saints, Jesus commissions us and he sends us. Just like he does the original twelve disciples here in Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. Look at verse 5. Matthew writes, These twelve, Jesus sent out. Don't rush past his actions here. Jesus doesn't do anything by accident. There's always a reason. This action here is important. The Greek, in the Greek, the verb that comes, this verb comes from apostolos, which means to send off. So please understand, Jesus doesn't send them off so they can do it their own way. Let that rest for a moment. He doesn't send them off into the mission field so they can do it their own way. He doesn't send them off. So all their ministry dreams can come true. They're not sent off to build their own little ministry kingdom. They're not sent off to do missions in their own strength and for their own glory. And also, they're not sent off to build their own platform. What? Who does the mission belong to? Y'all, it's a Sunday school answer, kids. Who does the mission belong to? Jesus. Who does the ministry belong to? Who does the church belong to? Who gets all the glory and credit? Jesus. So here, Jesus sends off the 12 to be his personal representatives as they walk in his missional footprints. So what, some of you may ask. Good question. TBC kids. Give Pastor Alex your attention. All TBC kids. This may include some adults, too, if you think you're still a kid. I have a question for y'all. Raise your hand if you're ready for the question. Raise your hand. All right. Okay. Does anyone know what ambassador means? Does anyone know what ambassador means? That is so good. Give him a hand, Yes. And an ambassador is a person who acts as a representative. For example, there are there are hundreds of U.S. ambassadors stationed around the world in U.S. and U.S. embassies, and these ambassadors are official representatives of President Biden to their host country. And likewise, the twelve disciples are Jesus's official representatives. To the world. It's an amen statement. And now we as resurrection advocates are also official representatives to Jesus to the world. No other group of people in the world has this honor. This privilege. But us. Christians who have surrendered their life to Jesus in the faith are ambassadors for Christ. This is people who trust him and rest in him. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20-21, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become The righteousness of God. But do we believe it? We are ambassadors for Christ. Congregation uh, participation. Who are we? That's right. We're ambassadors for Christ as we walk in his missional footprints. We are the tangible hands and feet of Christ to a lost, broken world. But do we believe it? Do we believe it? Do we live it? Are we representing Christ or do we represent ourselves? When you get a new toy or a new piece of furniture that needs to be assembled, you have two options before you start that process. First, you can read the instructions and follow the instructions. Second, you can ignore the instructions and assemble it your own way. And you figure it out as you go. So which, op- which option do you often choose? <laughs> which option would the disciples choose? You see, Jesus gives them these instructions before sending them off on mission. Look at verse 5 again. Jesus sends them out instructing them. He sends them out with instructions. He doesn't send them off without telling them what he wants them to do. He doesn't send them off without telling them how to walk in his missional footprints. Jesus gives the 12 clear instructions. And as Brene Brown would say, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. So please understand that Jesus gives these clear instructions to his disciples, and they're not suggestions. Okay? It's not multiple choice. He's not going to the Golden Corral and say, I'll just get this and ignore that. It's all inclusive. These instructions are in order. They are actually a command. These are his expectations. He fully expects the twelve to receive and to follow these clear instructions while they are on mission for his glory. So now what are they? What are all these instructions? First, he instructs them to go out in pairs two by two. And we don't we learned this from Mark's account of this event. In Mark 6:7, it's Mark 6:7 says Jesus calls the 12 and he sends them out by twos. That's intentional by Jesus. That's him loving the 12. For Jesus knows walking in his mission of footprints can be lonely and hard at times. Lonely and hard. Being sent off in pairs, it ensures the disciples will experience companionship and partnership while on mission for Jesus. That's an amen statement. Now, what does this mean for us today? It means we don't have to walk in Jesus' missional footprints alone. We don't. You don't have to be on a missional island. And that's an amen statement, too. We don't have to be long-ranger resurrection advocates who break off from the community in order to be on mission by ourselves. Companionship and, and partnership are available to us as a local body of Christ. Some of you might resist this. Some of you might say, well, I work better by myself, Pastor. Others might say, working with other people makes things complicated. Still, others might say, the folks at that church don't really care about lost people so why i need to work with them TBC Saints this isn't a one person mission this isn't a one church mission this isn't a one campus ministry mission this isn't a one pair church mission this isn't a one form missions agency mission this isn't a one denominational mission this is a kingdom mission. And I want all y'all to verbally confess this. What kind of mission is this? A kingdom mission. Jesus' mission to the world is a kingdom mission that will outlive all of us. None of us in this room may be alive before the mission is complete. And when you have that in mind, it means you'll go out on the field with a little more humility. Because knowing it, it ain't about me. But I need to leave what's behind for a better place for those who are going to come after us. Please receive this. Christ has commissioned all Christians around the world, not just Christians in America, but Christians around the world to be his resurrection advocates who walk in his missional footprints together in community. In community. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their hard labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down they keep they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man may prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A three threefold cord is not easily broken. Two are better than one, as we walk in Jesus's missional footprints. So we should embrace companionship and partnership as blessings. Jesus sends out the local out. Jesus sends out local church communities who should partner with other local church communities in this mission to the world. If we say, "Well, I'm not going to partner with this church because," They in that denomination that is not of the spirit. You, you don't. We, we don't all have to agree on every point of theology to work together. Again, it ain't your mission. It's his mission, and he has people all around the world that are not even Presbyterian. As a local church in Huntsville, we should be willing to partner with other churches in order to reach this community for Jesus. We, are, we also have missional partners in Huntsville, and they need more than just our financial support. They need our time and talents. Lincoln Village Ministry, Lincoln Academy, Little Link, RUF, University. Will we give them our time and talents. A university professor writes, Believers are not passive bystanders waiting for safe passage to eternal mansions. All of us who have been rescued have been enlisted as ambassadors to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. Christians are co-laborers, co-proclaimers, co-participants, partners in the mission of God, even as we rest in the promises of what would be in the future for a shared faith a shared Lord, and a shared mission all compel the universal church to partner together. How much of our infighting is just a distraction from the enemy to get us off mission? Definitely in America. All the infighting. This is actually what Jesus instructs the 12 to do. He sends them out in six pairs as missional partners and companions. Second, he instructs the disciples to go to a particular group of people and not to another particular group of people. I know how it sounds. You see, the second instruction is positive and negative, And it might even hit some of you in a negative way. It may even cause some of you to get into your feelings. So, for, for, so, of course, some truth is hard to digest. Let's just be honest. Look at verses 5 and 6. Matthew writes, the twelve, the, These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, into no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go only. To the lost sheep of the house of Israel, do not go among the Gentiles, do not enter any town of the Samaritans. I have questions. What about y'all? I have questions. Is Jesus being prejudiced towards Gentiles or Samaritans by restricting, by placing this restriction on the disciples? Are Gentiles, non Jewish people, completely excluded? from Jesus' mission to the world? Are Samaritans who are half Jewish and half Gentile, are they completely excluded from the mission? We know the answers to those questions are an emphatic no. Why? Because the Bible is completed and we know Gentiles are included. And in fact, majority of us here are Gentile Christians. Amen?
3: <laughs> okay.
5: I'm not the only Gentile here now. And because Jesus even ministers to to both groups before he sends out the 12 here in Matthew 10. In Matthew 8, he heals the Gentile satyrian servant. And in John 4, he reveals himself as Messiah to the Samaritan woman at the well. So so what's the point of this mission or restriction to the 12? The point is about the first priority of Jesus' earthly mission, mission. The first priority. Which his, ministry, his ministry only lasts three years. So there was a first priority. And the Jewish people are the first priority at this particular time of his mission. Again, in Matthew 15, he tells the Canaanite woman, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Again, the point here is about priority and order. Jesus' earthly mission Is for the Jew first. But do we believe that? It's in Scripture. One commentator says, The emphasis of the saying lies not not primarily on the prohibition of a wider mission, but on the priority of the mission to Israel. To call Israel to repentance was the primary focus of Jesus' ministry. But at the same time, his mission and ministry extends to all people. Jesus confining the disciples to Israel, that's temporary. It's not an always and forever missional confinement and restriction because we know what he tells them in Acts 1.8, the resurrected Jesus says to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the rest of the earth. It's all about priority here. In Romans 1:16, the Apostle Paul says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek or Gentile." These are the reasons why Jesus sends the disciples out in six and in, in pairs to the lost sheep to the house of Israel, because Israel is the first priority. Now, what does this mean for us in 2023? First, it means the church has no mission or restrictions. Please say amen to that. We take the gospel to all people groups, to all nations. It means corporately the village church is sent out to to the residents of this community to be resurrection advocates to them. We're to be resurrection advocates to all our neighbors on Virginia Boulevard. A tree has fallen on one of our neighbor's houses. You can't miss it when you drive down. Have any of us, including me, thought about how can we serve that neighbor? How many of us have even prayed for that neighbor? I haven't. See, we get so caught up in doing church that we forget to be the church on mission for Jesus' glory. Oh, Spirit, forgive me. Oh, Spirit, forgive us for not loving our neighbors well. TVC, I believe that we're positioned in this neighborhood. We're not positioned in this neighborhood so that we can exclusively just gather for worship and fellowship events. We are here to be sent out to the particular people who live in this community. But do we believe that? We are here to be resurrection advocates. We have a Lincoln Village Ministry Working Day coming up next month. I hope each of us would plan to make it. We have an Easter egg hunt and a church picnic happening soon. Let's invite all of our neighbors to it. We have a church garden happening. Let's invite our neighbors to be part of the garden. Village groups and women's ministry, men's ministry, village kids, and youth. Let's have prayer walks in our community. Let's volunteer with Little Link and LVM. If you have a heart for college students... Contact Marcus, Amanda, Kayla, Noah, Olivia, and they'll, they'll, they'll have a spot for you. They'll have a heart for college students. You don't have to go around the world to be a resurrection advocate for Jesus. Just be one way it has you. Be one way it has you. What does this mean for us individually? Because we're in a community, we are, we, we gather corporately, but we're also individuals too. As individual resurrection advocates, you have to first accept your limitations when it comes to walking in Jesus' mission or footprints. But well, what do you mean by that, Pastor Alex? I gave an example. When you were in college and single, you had a whole lot of time. Now, when you get married and start having kids, you don't have that much time. So if you're looking back saying, "Man, that's when I really was a resurrection advocate for Jesus, that's the wrong mindset. You have to look at where God has you and be faithful where you are. Don't look back thinking that was the glory days and when you really were sold out for Jesus. You were in a different place then. So you can be faithful and sold out for Jesus even with the limitations that you have in your life. And so it just requires each of us, how do we view our life differently? How do we navigate our life differently? So... We are to be resurrection advocates to the people we come in contact on a regular basis. Jesus sends us out in our sphere of influences to be resurrection advocates. We all have a sphere of influence. We all, usually, we live and shop and play and eat some of the same places. Do we introduce ourselves to any of the workers? Do we connect with people in those places that we usually go? That's just about being intentional. It's even with me. There are neighbors on my street. I I don't even know their names. And that's shame on me. I know I need to do better. And so, we don't have to go around the world. We can just be faithful where God has us. Basically, be a resurrection advocate where Jesus has you. And if we don't know what that means, after the Spirit, and He will show you. Be resurrection advocates to your kids who don't know Jesus. Uh, teenagers, be resurrection advocates to your friends at school who don't know Jesus. Your teammates on the sports teams who don't know Jesus. The parents who are on these sports teams, be resurrection advocates to them. Walking in Jesus' mission footprints does require us to connect with particular people and their stories connect with him. Look at this table before you. Take a look at it. This communion, this Lord's Supper, this is a meal that, remi- that, is, that re- is a reminder that God the Father is intentional. This is a meal that reminds you that he connects with particular people and their particular stories. It's a reminder that that he speaks to you and he engages you. It is a reminder that Jesus was sent into this world to be on mission for the Father's glory. This meal is a reminder that Jesus came into this world to have his body broken and his blood shed to complete that mission. I hope you realize that I got an echo here. I don't know if it's the monitor. Okay. Okay. Thank thank you, Worship Leader Tig. I keep talking. This meal is a reminder that Jesus finished the mission given to him by the Father. Don't you realize that? We know the mission is finished. What did he say from the cross? It is finished. So when you think about that, we can walk out in confidence. You can receive this meal with confidence because you know the the mission is already completed. If you have saving faith in Jesus, if you have surrendered to him, if you trust him, and you're resting upon him for your salvation, then he invites you to partake of this meal. Adults, I ask that the kids with you abstain from the elements until they have been invited to the table by, which, by the church that you are a member of. And also, TBC kids, TBC youth, get Pastor Alex your attention one more time. I want each of you to know that this meal is a reminder that Jesus loves you. He loves you. He doesn't just love the adults here. He loves you. And he wants to be in a relationship with you. And he wants you to come to saving faith in him. It's a reminder that he died on the cross even for your sins. Not just for the sins for the grown-ups, but also for the sins of the little people as well. And so as your pastor, this is my prayer that each and every one of you will come to saving faith. And also, if you have questions about what it means to have saving faith, hey, you can ask Pastor Alex. Remember, I'm your pastor too. So ask your mom and dad you're guarding the same text, and hey, i answer your question. Because remember, I'm your pastor too. Please remember that. Before the officers come forward, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bless Holy Spirit, we know that these are just common elements, and they have no power in and of themselves. But we're trusting that you, because of your role in our life as believers, that you would take these elements and give us the spiritual nourishment that we need. That something supernatural takes place when we take communion. And so you know the place where we need nourishment. You know the parts of our soul that need to be nourished, our minds and our spirit. So would you please do it? Would you please give us what we need so that we can go back out and faithfully live in the places where you called us to live? It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. i like to call forward the officers that are helping. Now, we do have prepackaged meal uh, elements. So if you want a prepackaged, please let them know. Oh uh-huh. Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed he took bread and broke it. Having given thanks he gave it to his disciples and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Please eat of it all of you. In the same manner he also took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission. and daughters of a good father this is Christ's blood shed for all your sins past, present and future drink from it all of you thank you Jesus that it is finished that you do not require us to get on the cross with you it has been done and I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that each of us would be able to Live out of our union with Christ, knowing that everything that we need is wrapped up in Jesus. And that because of him, our position before the Father will never change. It's in Christ's name that I want and I pray. Amen. Please stand, saints, as we close our service.
2: How I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through His infinite mercy, this His child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed, redeemed this child and and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of his presence with me does continually dwells. of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. Oh, Redeemer. she see in his beauty the kingdom who flies in light, who lovingly guarded my footsteps and giveth me song in the night.
5: You are a guest today, thank you so much uh, for being with us. Uh, also, I would like for you to scan the QR code if you're a guest and fill out to fill out our guest uh, form so that we can contact you. Also, we have Sunday equipment classes right after the service for all ages. The youth will meet down in the youth room, and the children will be in a fellowship hall, and the adults will meet here in the sanctuary for a sermon discussion. So now here's God's benediction to his beloved. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. All God's people said, Amen. Please greet one another, saints.